Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we have got Fever by Kylie Minogue. She's back, I must say, by popular demand. Yes. There was a real fever um, for us to talk about Kylie quite soon after, because it doesn't feel like light years since we last discussed oh very good that's very good yes it was only back in june as part of our road to glastonbury that we talked about light years um and if you're thinking about kylie and glastonbury stay tuned because we may come back to talk about that later Mm. and in fact if you can get through this episode without referencing her glastonbury performance i will eat uh that yankee candle that's in the corner there at Mm. the moment smells delicious uh, vanilla lime. Of course, I shall be getting the Christmas ones out soon because it's the first of October, which means it's the eighteenth birthday of Fever. This album is an adult today. So, if you were born on this day now, you would be a strapping eighteen-year-old by now. Would you call a, a lady strapping? I wasn't thinking about a lady. You never are. That's the problem. <laughs> So, Fever, the eighth studio album from Kylie. I um, have to say, we're massive Kylie Minogue fans. And I, I must say, even though I'm just contradicting myself, or I'm actually saying something which I just said to you about, but she, I love her even more after Glastonbury. Yeah. Strike one! It was amazing. I think we knew it was going to be good. We knew Kylie and the Legends thought it was going to be good. And it just exceeded expectations. And maybe we'll use that gif that's been doing the rounds ever since in promotion for this week's episode. <laughs> maybe we already have. Uh, we probably have because it's just, I mean, that was just the icing on the cake, wasn't it? Just that look she gives when she spins yeah. around and sees the crowd for the first time. No word of a lie, I've got a few shivers just thinking about that look because it was amazing for us to be there. But imagine how amazing it was for her. We know that she was supposed to headline. We know why she had to cancel uh, we know that she appeared for one track with Scissor Sisters a few years later, but for her to have the biggest crowd of the weekend and one of the biggest Glastonbury crowds ever, and completely well-deserved, she is our sweetheart, isn't she? She is, and I must say, icing on the cake was, the weather was just glorious oh. as well. Uh, you were half-cut, actually, when she was on. Half-cut and half-naked as well. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately for everybody yeah, else. Bottom half. <laughs> <laughs> Out for all to show. <laughs> I tried to do that thing where you um, have your dungarees just halfway down, but I had them halfway up. <laughs> Always uh, just shy of the mark yes. in fashion world. My, uh, my, my flag was flying, but... Uh, 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 disappointingly half-mast. <laughs> so, um, for the uninitiated, uh, a little bit about Kylie Minogue. She's an Australian singer... Shot to fame in Neighbours, uh, born in 1968, uh, and she's had a long, uh, fantastic music career, which has gone through many evolutions, uh, many collaborations, many record labels, many producers. Many ups and downs. Many ups and downs, and she'd be the first to admit that musically Definitely. as well. She's also had a, pa- a very packed life. She's had, uh, she survived breast cancer. She's got a very supportive sister. Danny, who we've featured before, Kylie, controversially. 
such is the such is the world of pop music. Yeah, it's a fickle place. Well, it can be, but we've come back to Kylie for a second time. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if we will we will do with Danny, but we're not in any hurry to at the moment. But I think the reason we've come back to this album, of course, it's eighteen today. But we talked about Light Years, which was. Her return to glory, wasn't it? Her return to the dance floor, her return to pop after a few years. The indie wilderness years, as we like to call them. We certainly overused that phrase in that episode, didn't we? Um, and here she is. If if Light Years was her reclaiming her crown as the princess of pop, then Fever is her cementing it onto her head. It's and then sashaying down to the dance floor. Absolutely. It's just... It's my favourite Cardamino album. And... Again, I'm just very excited to talk about it in, in full detail. So let's dive in uh, with side one, track one, shall we? Let's do it. And this is more, more, more. cover of the more famous track more 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 yes which uh, rachel stevens did a very lukewarm cover of herself it wasn't her best work no so this was the first track of the album and this is um i have to say first of all fever you mentioned it released it was released in 2001 and it got to number one in the uk album chart and rightfully Hurrah. so yeah. yes and i think what i love about this song more 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 is it just light years was completely real pop wasn't it you had the gold hot pants you had spinning around you had all those kind of quite quirky 70s influence tracks uh, either covers or influenced by robbie but it did its job you had your disco needs you this already from track one feels very much cooler a bit more of an underlying dance music sound and that is in part certainly on this song due to uh, co-writer Tommy D. Now, Tommy D has worked with everyone. Tommy D is uh, Tommy Asher Danvers. One little fact I love about him, two weeks ago we talked about Tom Jones' Reload album. Uh, Tommy produced Baby It's Cold Outside by... Oh, everything's connected. And that's because we mentioned on that album how the guest artists use their producer of choice, and he produced Catatonia's International Velvet, which, of course, feature the tracks Ro- Road Rage <laughs> and Mulder and Scully. No, I can't do that one. Mulder and Scully. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know we mentioned her just now, Danny Minogue, but this reminds me of um, the kind of Neon Knights era and that kind of club disco mm. era of Danny Minogue. And it reminds me quite specifically of uh, a track of Danny's called Just Can't Give You Up. And maybe... <laughs> God. Those editing girls are going to be on strikes. <laughs> they do a good job for a fair wage. <laughs> and maybe they'll drop a little bit of that track in for us as well, just to see the comparison. Well, I can certainly see the comparison. Sounds nothing like it. <laughs> because this sounds to me quite... I can imagine hearing it being in Ibiza, chilled by the pool and just hearing this song in the background. And 
Tommy D has also worked as a DJ in places like Cream and Space like that. So I think all of his influences coming together to just really, really give Kylie the push that she needs for this album. You're definitely right. I think a lot of tracks on this album are more cooler dance pop sounds. Yeah. So track two? Yes, let's. And this is Love at First Sight. So that was Love at First Sight, and that is the track that Kylie used to open her Glastonbury show. Strike two! Uh, there we go, another Glastonbury reference there. So, uh, I love this when it came out. It had such a heady mix um, of the, the lyrics and the sound to it. It really did, I think, capture that feeling of Love at First Sight. Definitely, yeah. It has got a... I was thinking, I was having a battle in my brain when I was listening to this song just now, thinking... Is this song of its time, or is this song timeless? And I think there are arguments for both. I think it very much feels like, you know, when I, when I think about this song, I think about that video where she's stumbling down the stairs. Oh, in like a maze. It's almost like a futuristic version of the labyrinth. Yes, it is. Or a bit like um, Steps, Here and Now, slash You'll Be Sorry saga. Something else I love about this song, it's a Kylie co-write. Always lovely to think that Kylie's had a, her pen to paper. Uh, and this More is, money for her as well. Which she needs. Uh, this is with Richard Stannard and Julian Gallagher, a.k.a. Uh, Biffco, who we've referenced many times before. Pop music produ- production royalty. Mm. There. Most famous for, let's say, Spice Girls and Five, because the list just goes on and on and on. And also Martin Harrington. Now, sadly, the only other thing I can see that Martin Harrington has done is uh, photographed by Ed Sheeran, and I'd rather not talk about that. Just uh, pull, pull a veil over that, mm. or draw a veil over that, if you will. <laughs> Both. This was a big hit. It's got to number two in the singles chart. Do you know the song that was it, that held it off the top spot? Oh, what date was it? So this was a single in 2002. Mm. Um, no, pass. It was A Little Less Conversation, uh, Elvis Presley, the JXL remix. Oh, you sound like you're doing uh, Franz Ferdinand or something. <laughs> but number two is very, very good for a third single from an album. And I think it's quite Eurodance, this song. Oh, yeah, it's very kind of a sort of yum, yummer, summery Euro pop uh, song. But it's got a lovely, uh, a lovely whimsical sound to it. There's some great guitar work throughout as well. And I also love. Just after the first chorus, the start of the second verse, how it breaks down and you've just got Kylie's vocal. And if we're lucky, that might be the bit that Eddington Ferris use the episode. Slip them a few quid there. If you've got a specific request for the 30 seconds you want of that track. Mm. Moving on. So track number three now. This is the biggie. Can't get you out of my head.
So, can't get out of my head there. Question, Dan. Mm. Is this Kylie Minogue's biggest song ever? I think it must be. And I, I love the fact that her biggest hit, a worldwide smash, no doubt, came you know, so far into her career. Most people have that very early on, and she did have hits earlier on. Then her career did, you know, simmer a little bit for a few years. But how fantastic that she came back with something amazing like Light Years and Spinning Around. And then on top of that, she came back with this. Uh, and surely it must be, have sold more than any of her other songs. And while I hit, you're correct. This was number one everywhere. Mm. The exception of South Africa. <laughs> But it was a huge hit and was often featured uh, retrospectively as in those charts and lists of one of the best songs of the noughties. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, not just of the, of the year, but of, of the noughties. I think it really defined 2002 and those early post-millennium years in terms of incredibly polished uh, quality pop music. mm and, and also, it's all about the simplicity of this song, isn't it? If you look at the lyrics, m- most of the lyrics are la, la, la. But then for the rest of it, you've got just that phrase, can't get it out of my head. It's so lyrically, so simple, even musically quite simple, but so effective. It really is, uh, in, in terms of pop music, of the history of pop music, it's one of the, the highlights. How many copies do you think this sold worldwide? Oh, I wouldn't like to hesitate, I guess. Five million. Five million? Yeah. Oh. Well, you don't sound very... Five million? Mm. I mean, I, I always have that... I always remember reading that um, Elton John's Candle in the Wind 97 sold 33 million, so... It's well... Pales in comparison. Special, special time. Hmm. Uh, and how many times now do you hear somebody go, la, 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 la... It's iconic. Yeah. Even more so than uh, Goldfrapp's Ooh La La that we featured a few weeks ago? Well, I would say definitely so. Mm. Without, a, without any hesitation there? No, absolutely not. And I think Alison would probably be less annoyed being compared to Kylie Minogue than she would be Rachel Stevens. Mm. Who did that? Me or you? Well, no, Alison... There was that interview, wasn't there, with Alison where she was compared to Rachel Stevens. Oh. She didn't take to it kindly. No. But I think Kylie's much more established uh, and has uh, a, 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 an amount of credibility about her now. Mm. And a few more years on the clock, and I'm sure she won't mind me saying that. No, no, she's uh, she's a more mature lady now. Do you remember the video for this song? Yes, the the hood, the outfits. Yeah, and lovely of you while that song was playing. Lovely of you to pop to the bathroom and come back with some just a bit of toilet roll. Well, and I threw that threw that dressing gown on as well that I found in there. This song is a co-write by two of the biggest pop music songwriters of our time. Kathy Dennis, who you mentioned last week, actually, didn't you? Um, you saw it, Mighty Hoopla, and has written something. And she did this one. Did she? She sung it, yeah. Um, I, I am good that I missed her, to be honest. Uh, and Rob Davis, formerly of the glam rock band Mud, famous for Tiger Feet and Lonely This Christmas, uh, who's done a few songs with Kylie and other artists. Uh, including Groove Jet, If This Ain't Love. Now, interestingly, that song, of course, was by Spiller featuring Sophie Lispector. And if rumours are to be believed, this song was offered to Miss Ellis Bexter, who turned it down. Wow. I wonder if she regrets it. 
But she did have a heartbreak baby a dancer, which was just lovely. Mm. And good for her. So track four? Yes. The title track of the album, Fever. Love it. Love that song. It's, again, a very, a more sort of sultry, pared-down number, but I think it just really encapsulates that feeling about being obsessed with somebody. Yeah, and I love the playful lyrics about, you know, she's talking to a doctor, she's in the surgery. You can imagine if there was, if this was a single and there's a music video, Kylie would be a a nurse's outfit for this one, probably. When you say that, I think about carry-on film. Oh, I was thinking about Lisa Scott Lee in the chain reaction video. <laughs> Different minds. Different times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, the same time, I think. This song, though, of, of all the songs, weirdly, because the rest were all singles, this song is the one that really transports me back to 2001. I remember just being s- such a fan of this album. I think we spoke about last time, talking about Light Years. I mentioned how I never actually owned the album and hadn't played it in full until we were going to cover it. Whereas with Fever... I played this album. I owned it straight after Can't Get You Out of My Head and I played it to death and remember just loving the album tracks more so than the singles probably and this one particularly. Just great, great production, great sounds, great synths. Love it. I think it was one of those albums where there were so many tracks on there that could have been singles that weren't. Yeah. Um, And the singles themselves were just almost another level huge the men when a song like Fever, which another artist would release as a single, mm. was just something that was there on the album, and that was written by Greg Fitzgerald and Tom Nichols, and produced by Fitzgerald himself. And good for them. What's he done? What's he got to say for himself? Well, Greg Fitzgerald, I can tell you, has also worked with Madonna, Hall and Oates, uh, and the Saturdays, and Tom Nichols, um, a bit more of an elusive character online, let's say. That's mysteriously vague. I asked Jeeves and he couldn't give me any information about him. So, track number five now. And this is Give It To Me. Give it to me. Um, we definitely moved more into an album track territory now. Well, we have, but one with real vigour, real energy. It feels like it could be one for the dance floor as well. It's What I love about this song as well, it's just a mere two minutes, 50 seconds. So it could be one of your Eurovision entries. No, it's just shy of the mark, actually. Why, has it got to be bang on three minutes? Yes. Oh, right. I didn't get it's that. a level so... playing field. Right, okay. Some feel longer than others. But this was, so Give It To Me was uh, another Kylie Kylie (laughs) co-write with uh, Mark uh, Picotti Picotti. Picotti and Steve Anderson. 
Mark Picciotti, uh, also a DJ and remixer for people like Mariah Carey, Beyonce, ACDC, Florence and the Machine. Um, and, and Steve has done work for Britney, Westlife. And my favourite, Susan Boyle. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? But, there's so, but the thing I love about Give It To Me is there's so many... It's all about those electronic sounds, isn't it? Just the uh, beeps and boops and and all this kind of thing going on. Yeah, she's left her phone off, off the hook. <laughs> and it keeps, it keeps ringing. Oh, there was something... It was vibrating in her bag, maybe. Her phone. No, that's the other, the other sister. Oh, she had a vibe on, didn't she? Yes. Uh, and maybe the editing... <laughs> no. No, no. No. So, it was a short song. We've got a short amount of things to say about it. Should we move on to track number six? Yes, track number six now is Fragile. Fragile there. I absolutely love that song. I It's very whimsical. I love the strings in that. The strings are fantastic. And it's just because it's the closest thing I think we're going to get to a ballad on this album. And Kylie's done some great ballads in her time. But I'm sure you won't mind me saying you're not normally a big fan of a ballad. But this is it's an electro ballad, isn't it? It's something else. Mm. It's, really, it's really nice. And I think uh, track six now that is. And we've not had a duff one. We've not talked about the album artwork yet. No, we haven't. We will, but we haven't yet. No, and I know when it's going to be. I've, I've predicted. Well, I think I do. I think I predicted it. Let's find out. Um, this song, as with Fever, actually, and again, it's strange that it's the album tracks that do this for me more than the singles, really just takes me back to listening to this album when it came out. Um, and I, I think that's maybe because the singles almost live on, don't they? You hear them at discos, you hear them on Kylie's tour, but... Until we started uh, sort of researching or preparing for this podcast, this episode, I hadn't listened to these tracks for quite a few years. So it was really nice to go back to. And it just, I love how music takes you back somewhere. I remember when this album came out, I was listening to these songs. I had my blue Sony CD Walkman that I listened to. In bed, I'd like pop, pop the music on when I was falling asleep. I had that. I had a job in uh, as a pot washer in a pub. I even had a girlfriend at the time. Well... That was a long time ago. Clearly she didn't see me listen to the Kylie Minogue album. I wonder what else she didn't see. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> anyway, well, I have so missed your northern accent. So uh, would you like to introduce the next song for me, please? Yes, it's, it's track seven. It's Coming to My World. How disappointing. Coming to my world, or can't get you out of my head, part two. Uh, absolutely, and uh, do you know what? If you're onto a winning formula, of course, people are going to love more more of the same. Of course, yeah. This was once again 
written and produced by Rob Davis and Kathy Dennis. I think it certainly shows, but I think it's no bad thing. And I think it just, it, it, it does feel like an extension of that song, but it does have new elements to it. I like how, of course, we talked about the simplicity of Can't Get You Out of My Head. This one, lyrically... Lyrically... Is... Uh, there's a little bit more depth in there, I think. And also, I have to say, I absolutely love Kylie's vocal on this one. It's very breathy, isn't it? Because you've got the breathiness, which is almost like the... Um, oh, not PTSD. What's it called? And you whisper. When you talk like this into a speaker. Whispering. <laughs> Answers on a postcard, please. People get paid a lot of money for that. Maybe we should do a whole episode of Track by Track just whispering it. Whispering sweet nothings into our listeners' ears. Mm. I'm sure they'd love that. Both of them. <laughs> um, this was no, uh, another big hit. Number eight, it's got to. This was the final single to be released off the album. After, can't get it out of my head. Love at first sight. In your eyes. This was yeah. coming to earth. And... I love the artwork for this single. They didn't when it got to track number four, uh, single number four. Sorry, they didn't scrimp on it. I really think it's a an iconic image of Kylie. It's almost um, it's it's, it's a, a bit like Adele's video for "Send My Love to Your Last Lover." Send my oh, love. I love that song. You don't like it as much as I do. Well, I'm not a big fan of that song at all. No, it's, take it or leave it. Oh, blimey! Rather leave it. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I feel like I'd rather move on to No, don't time. tell me how you really feel. I tell. Track number eight now. This is In Your Eyes. Well, that really is a belt of energy, isn't it? Yeah, I have to say, that was, of course, the second single, the follow-up to Can't Get You Out of My Head, and I think that is my favourite song on the album. More so than Can't Get You Out of My Head? Absolutely. Wow. I think just because that one has been played so much, I really appreciate it as a pop song, but I wouldn't call it a favourite. This, um, I think just because it's got a little bit more to it, um, not to again. I can't. I can't say enough that I'm not discrediting. Uh, can't get out of my head. And such was the popularity of "Can't Get Out of My Head." The, the, the release of this single was pushed back. And I love that because "Can't Get Out of My Head" continued to be such a big track. Yeah, that they just couldn't follow it up too soon, uh, and had to had to had to delay it. What a wonderful predicament to be in. Well, yeah. If your uh, your uh, comeback song is or lead song is so popular. Also, nice, lovely bit of back referencing uh, spinning around. Oh, there. yeah, I love that bit. It's lovely. Um, this is a bit like on how the second single from Light Years on a night like this I'm, was my favourite single from it, much more so than spinning around. It's the same with this. This was the second single. And what I don't like, if I'm being honest, it's how it wasn't played at Glastonbury. Strike three, you're out! Well, she's got so many hits to perform, she can possibly stuff them all into that set. But she did play at Brighton Pride. I don't have an answer for that. Hmm. <laughs> well, do you know what? She forfeited... Um, she also did Your Disco Needs You at Brighton Pride. Yeah, in place of Where the Wild Roses Grow. She certainly knew her audience that night. 
Well, and that's the beauty of her. She's um, not just going to turn up and churn out the same set. She knows to tailor it to who she's performing to. Mm. Uh, and wasn't it a lovely moment when the rainbow confetti was uh, launched? At Glastonbury? Yeah. I don't remember it. That's probably when I was trying to sort my dungarees out. Because <laughs> <laughs> security had come and uh, tapped you on the shoulder. Yes. Um, do you remember the video for this one? Yes. I, I do. There's a certain part of it I remember where... There's, there's lots of choreography and the dancers with Kylie at the front are all sort of uh, stood in a line uh, and she pushes a ring right up to the screen. Mm. And that's iconic. Yes. Mm. Lovely moment. Okay, track number nine now. This is Dance Floor. but can you imagine a song called On the Dance Floor not being a bop? Well, I think you'd be done under the Trains Descriptions Act. Mm. Uh, now, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying this, but it was a little bit Atomic Kitten, that track. Mm. Just to dig a little bit deeper, do you mean uh, Carrie Katona era or Jenny Frost era? Uh, definitely Jenny Frost. Oh, then I'm sure she probably wouldn't mind you saying that. So they were a bit classier in those days. Mm. And then Carrie came back and... Uh, just performed in the pubs and clubs <laughs> of the north of England. So this one, um, we had a bit of a dispute, didn't we? Because you introduced it as dance floor, and then I had to give you a bit of a stern telling off during the song because it, I said it was called On the Dance Floor, but you can see it as both, wherever you look. a really hard time, actually. Well, I think uh, a lesson needs to be learned, whether it's right or wrong. <laughs> uh, what a fun song. It is a very fun song. It's a bit like Give It To Me. It's just very much a upbeat it's a bop it's still I think a bit a bit cooler than sort of the things that you'd find on Light Years uh, and this one was co-written by Steve Anderson who we mentioned before has done a lot of stuff for bands like Britney Spears Westlife and of course Subo uh, and lovely Kathy Dennis lovely Kathy. she's been a big part of our lives for the last couple of weeks mm. And I, as, as mentioned many times, I didn't see her at Mighty Hoopla. I was watching All Saints for the 14th time in the last two years. But I would love to see her live. Hopefully she'll, she'll bring that tour to the world. For once, it wasn't because you were absolutely leathered. <laughs> well, no, I was leathered, but I was watching All Saints <laughs> facing the wrong way. <laughs> what were you <laughs> facing out of the audience, not looking at All Saints? Well, a friend of ours is... It's a bit of a Chinese whispers thing. You know how at New New Order, I was so drunk I couldn't remember it. Uh, a friend of ours, Dom, seems to think that I was so drunk that I was facing the wrong way. I wasn't even looking at the stage, which I think is... Uh, slander. Slander, actually, yeah. And we'll get Quite vicious. Mm, quite a nasty person. Uh, track number 10 now. This is Love Affair. So, love affair there. I am a big fan of that one. I think there's a real relentless energy to it. 
And I think it continues so much that Kylie's vocal runs out so much that they have to bring the vocoder vocal. The, uh, she's giving it a share moment. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying that. No, I th- I'd imagine she very, looks very affectionately towards Cher. Yeah. I wonder if they've ever met. Answers on a postcard mm. to Lemon- Lemington Spa. I'd love to see that. And I'd love, if they haven't, I'd love to see them duet or do something together. And I'd love to see Cher next year taking this the uh, Sunday Legends lot of Glastonbury. Yeah. John, John Newman. <laughs> Um, this is another one of those tracks that, for me, feels very like the Neon Knights disco era of Danny Minogue. Mm. I Yeah, I do see what you mean. But at the same time, I think it's very, it fits very well onto this album. But, like, again, it's an album track, like things um, like Dance Floor and Give It To Me. It's very dance-orientated pop. And there's lots of different elements to the sort of the uh, the loops and the samples and the synths and all that kind of thing lots going on in this one uh this one is another kylie co-write she's really getting her pennies for this album isn't she yes ka-ching ka-ching and this is also with richard stannard and julian gallagher friends of kylie friends of the podcast friends of the spice girls what are you insinuating just two lads who like to write a nice pop tune together oh it's, it's lovely here yeah. in the studio just two lads Bashing one out together. Aww. So number 11 now. Penultimate track. This is your love. Your love. Uh, for me, this is a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork on this album. And I have to say, earlier in the episode, I did say I had a prediction of when that moment was going to be. I did think it would be now. I mean, it's not bad, this track. It's just not strong enough, is it? Yeah, I think they, they saw a moment to really slow it down. I said before that Fragile was probably the ballad of the album. Actually, it probably is this one, but Fragile does it better. So this album cover, it's very iconic. Mm. Um, and it does look like uh, Kylie hasn't, unfortunately, been able to bring the mic stand down to a, a workable level. So she's having to really reach up high to try and talk into the microphone. Uh, and she's put some heels on to give us some extra height. Mm. Almost uh, channeling her inner Liam Gallagher, but not quite making it work. And um, she's like you at Glastonbury watching the Kylie set. She's not got much on to speak of on the bottom. No. Um, just a single trail of uh, toilet tissue, it looks like, like she was wearing in the Can't Get You Out My Head video. Uh, and that iconic Kylie logo, which is now kind of the standard, or was at the time, the standard uh, Kylie logo. <laughs> what were you saying about the Kylie logo? It's iconic. Yes. And it's standard. The Kylie logo. The Kylie logo. Yeah. Uh, also, couldn't afford a wireless mic at the time. No, she needs to be careful with those heels on, with that cable on the floor, otherwise she'll go A over T. Mm, and if she's in an outdoor gig and it's water, absolute health it's and safety nightmare. Minefield, yeah. so take care, love. <laughs> We're just on the song, Your Love. So this was a co-write with an old friend of the podcast, 
Pascal Gabriel. Oh, what's he been up to? Pascal! Well, we know in the past he's worked with people who've talked about uh, Rachel Stevens, Sophilis Baxter, Goldfrapp, um, and he's co-written this one with... Paul Statham. Paul Statham, who has worked with Dido on Here With Me, uh, also on the Saturdays and... Uh, and right said Fred. Yes. Um, who aren't on the wrong list. They probably will stay that way. Sorry, lads. Sorry, lads. And also Carly herself. We're on to the last track of the album now, uh, and we are going to ramp things up a bit. Uh, Peter's nowhere to be seen as we listen to Burning... Oh. Summer madness, totally cool. My heart starts racing when I see you. Burnt up and burnt out. What a cracking way to finish the album off. And quite tricksy at the beginning, isn't it? It starts mm. with that acoustic guitar and you think, oh, she's going out on a ballad. She's, she's stripped it down. But no, it comes in with uh, the, the similar kind of uh, new disco. There's new a lovely soul. bass guitar oh. in that as well there. Yeah, it's the, it's the whole sound of the album, um, which is which you know we're big fans of. And, it, and I, what I like about this actually is that we've, Seen lots of different contributors on this album. Richard Stannard, Julian Gallagher, Kathy Dennis, Rob Davis, uh, Ju- uh, Pascal Gabriel, of course. Um, but they all clearly got the same vision for what Kylie should be mm. making. It's a very cohesive album. Oh, that word doesn't come out the bag too often, that one. Mm. Haven't had juxtaposed all episode? Well, we have now. Oh. <laughs> So, a quick word on the album performance. Uh, I would say, uh, to give it an average, we got 7.5 out of 10. Very good. For this uh, particularly strong review from um, Enemy, really liked it. The Guardian thought it was above average. Um, but it was very well received by fans, I think. Knowing a lot of Kylie Minogue fans, they would cite this as one of their favourite albums of, sort of hers. Any word on Digital Spy? No, uh, there's a, there was a serial killer on the loose in Hollyoaks that week, <laughs> so they had a lot to cover. And mine was elsewhere. Yes. That's the end of Fever, but as always we have some further listening, and as we mentioned early in the episode, we do really want to go back and celebrate Kylie's Glassman performance. So, Dan, if you don't mind, I'd like to kick off. Please do. I would love to remember, and I'd love it if the editing fairies could put in the Glastonbury versions... Uh, because one of the reasons I loved Locomotion was it had a really, quite a fresh new treatment to it um, that kind of breathed, for me, breathed new life into what was a great but quite old song. And I love the way it came to life. It was during a segment which was like a wedding party. Yeah. Uh, and Kylie and the dancers were the guests at the wedding, dressed up and having a good time. Um, so I'd love to have a little bit of that. I 
love that version as well. I would never would have said that The Locomotion was one of my favourite Kylie songs, but how she performed it at Glastonbury, and particularly with the Donna Summer Bad Girls little hints of teasers in there. It was it was a lovely kind of disco party version of song. I'd love to hear a studio version of that. Mm. Just for day-to-day use. A little bit like how when Pet Shop Boys updated Left to My Own Devices, they recorded Oh, it. and then they, they added it on as a B-side to a single release, which mm. is just perfect. So but, Kylie, if you are listening... Hello. Hello, Kylie. Um, but I can remember everyone was dancing. Everyone was enjoying that. They really were. And... We spoke a lot this year about the playlist I had to make for my brother's wedding. And the wedding did look very much like the wedding that Callum and I was attending on stage. Dan, anyway, what uh, what was your highlight? So, yeah, it was a great set list at Glastonbury. As mentioned before, I did miss In Your Eyes. But the one I'm going to go for, because it was also uh, mixed with another iconic song, is Slow. <laughs> So that was slow. I loved quite heavy guitar start, but then some of the electronica kind of kicks in as she's starting to sing. Yeah. So that one was merged with David Bowie's fashion. And yeah, likewise, I think the song itself, obviously that is the first song that followed the Fever era and was the lead single from Body Language. Uh, again, another like Can't Get You Out of My Head and, and Spinning Around actually very sort of iconic new sound for a new era for Kylie. But this just kind of did it in a whole new way. And I thought it was great. And I think it kind of surprised a lot of the audience. Um, but any of those who were dragged along to Kylie and, and maybe regretting their decision, which there can't have been many people, probably did actually think, you know, she is really uh, showing her skills here as, as a musician, as an artist, as an admirer of other works. She's got her finger on the knob of pop culture. We're out of time. We're out of time. And wine. So hopefully you enjoyed our second Kylie episode. Uh, if you did, or if you didn't, please do let us know. At no, Move don't to- let us know if you didn't. Okay, just let us know if you did. Can't take rejection. No. At Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. Can I just say that Burning Up reminded me a bit of like a Café Del Mar track. You're reading my notes that I didn't have a chance to say during the episode, which is a shame because I was going to release some further listening of my own. Oh, really? Well, one day I'll release my journals and, and uh, I think they'll be primarily made up of the, the track things... My track diaries. Yeah, the things I couldn't say because you was gabbing on about with the old catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you did like this episode and you haven't yet listened to our Kylie Lightyear's episode or even our Danny Minone on Night's episode... Do check those out. You can find them on Apple Podcasts or head to movetotrash.co.uk and search track by track. And please do leave us a rating and review. Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to who's coming up next? I am beyond excited for next week's episode. It is 
If I just say it's my favourite band of all time, should we just leave it there? Yeah, if you're a regular listener, you'll know exactly what that means. 911. <laughs> 3SL. Vanilla. <laughs> no way, no way. No way. No Are we way. talking about them on the podcast next week? So, until next time, I've been Kathy Dennis. And I've been Rob Davis. Goodbye. Goodbye.